When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A Harry Kane breaks along with goals for Delhi Ali and Hummin Son. So Pochettino Spurs blow Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool away on Sunday. As two talked about hoodoos finally were laid to rest. As we have the last word on Spurs. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I think! Brilliant! That is schoolboy's own stuff. And still Ricky Villa! What a fantastic run! He scored! And welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. You can, of course, follow us across a range of different social media platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. Guys, as you should know by now, you should be able to hear the show across a variety of different platforms. They include Audioboom, iTunes, Acast and Podbean. On tonight's last word on Spurs, we'll be talking about that thrashing at Wembley against Liverpool. We'll be taking your questions for our panel and finally building up to tonight's game against West Ham in the League Cup. So, let's introduce the panel tonight. I'm delighted to say, making his debut, we've got a blogger joining us. It's Alan Fisher from Tottenham, always on my mind. Alan, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Ricky. Oh, you are so charming. You are so charming. And joining Alan tonight, I'm delighted to say, back on the show, we've got Jason McGovern. Jason, how are you? Pleasure to be back and still revelling in that that fantastic performance on Sunday. Yeah, well, tell you what, Jason, let's start with you because it's been a real proud week to be a Spurs supporter after that fantastic result against Real Madrid in the Champions League. So then take Liverpool apart at Wembley and draw level on points with Manchester United. How did you see the game on Sunday? 
it was a fantastic performance to to follow on from Madrid. It, I think it was really important that we um, we showed Madrid wasn't a one-off. And having lost the the only big game we've played this year to Chelsea, it was was really important to 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 build on Bournemouth, the Wembley win, to build on Madrid and show what we're about. And we we came through with flying colours. And I think most of us were worried when the the team sheet came out with no dire and and a bit like Madrid, you, you started scratching your head and thinking, blimey, what, what kind of what kind of plan has Poch got here? But you know, after Madrid and after Sunday, I don't think we can ever question these team selections again. It was uh, just a perfect Sunday afternoon and um, played some absolutely wonderful attacking football. People have called for pace in the team. There was pace in that team. There was creativity. We, we just had a fantastic Sunday and thoroughly deserved our win. Yeah, we most certainly did. And bringing it around to you, Alan, Jason makes the point there about having a plan with Poch. Well, it's most likely now you've got to say there's a plan B, C and D. Bringing it to you, Alan. Firstly, let's get your thoughts on the game itself. I thought it was a joy from start to finish. The only blocks was um, giving away the goal to Salah at what would have been a crucial time. I say would have been, you know, other Spurs teams, it, it would have rocked them, it would have set them back. But this one took a deep breath and just carried on. We got the third with Ali, went on to get the fourth, could have had six or seven at the back. Our defence was outstanding. When they got through the defence, Hugo was uh, a giant in goal. And all round, it was one of the most satisfying performances I can remember, by far the best of the season. Yeah, I just want to pick you up on something there, Adam, because Jason mentioned about Pochettino seeming to have more of a plan in place. Now, I think you can argue there is now a case whether he has got a plan B, C and D this season. Just in terms of the lineup, when you saw it, we had Trippier returning and reverting to the right. We had Aurea on the left, Deli Ali also back in the squad and Hummin Son. Was you fairly happy with the starting lineup? What was your thoughts when you first saw it? Well, it... I had a second look when I read the team just to, to make sure that I got it right. Um, I like a good defensive midfielder. I think the fact that Wanyama's injured could be a problem as we get towards Christmas, but let's worry about that another time. Mm. And I was surprised that Dyer was on the bench uh, as opposed to being in the starting team. Liverpool like to attack. Uh, that That's their strength. So I looked at it and thought, right, Pochi's going to attack and then some to keep the pressure on them. And sure enough, that's what he did for a lot of the time. I think that the other thing with, with Pochettino is with individuals. I think he feels he's got more options now, not just in terms of um, uh, more players in the squad, but he's picking out their different attributes. So Aurea, for example, was up against Salah, who was an extremely dangerous player, by far Liverpool's best player. Mm. And Aurea's strength and pace, um, that, that's what he was in there for, to deal with Salah. And I read afterwards in, in Pochettino's post-match comments that he was talking in particular about how Salah likes to come inside. And, and that was a, um, a, a clever bit of, of tactical nous from Pochettino, because he's going to come inside and he's going to come onto Aurea's strong side so that was a real battle all round um you know in the event winks and ali playing deeper were astonishingly mature uh, their uh, positional play uh ali in particular uh, kept a lot of his creativity under control in order to make sure that he got his starting position right 
the um, back three, the centre back three, were on outstanding form. Vertonghen thinks that he can do anything that he <laughs> that he wants to. He's got players. Uh, he, he, he's got the Premier League forward line in his pocket. And the other thing I want to say about Pochettino, and we may want to talk about this a bit later, mm. is that, yeah, he's got these different plans, but this is the sign of a truly mature side okay. where he's moved from, he's still got the pressing game um, in his locker, but we play that far less now. Um, and he can, <clears throat> um, we can attack uh, he can set the team up to counter-attack as we did so effectively on Sunday. And also, um, I just want to say uh, a couple of words about the glorious last 10 or 15 minutes because they were so boring. Absolutely <laughs> nothing happened in that last 10 or 15 minutes and wasn't that wonderful. Yeah. Just completely closed the game right down. Is this Spurs we're talking about? Surely not. Well, you, you take the words out of my mouth there, Alan, in terms of just seeing a game out, the professionalism of these boys. I mean, Jace, just bring it back very quickly. It was such an attack-minded team from Poch. We had the likes of Kane, Son, Eriksen, Ali, Winks, all in that starting lineup. So Poch really did go for it. I mean, we've had a couple of questions in. We had Rob Clinite saying, did you feel we were a bit open during the game? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Was you a little bit surprised as to how Poch played it out? Well, as I said, I think we were all surprised. I think, you know, when you know that Liverpool are so strong going forward and, and particularly they, they'd like to play you on the on the counter-attack, you, you'd naturally think, well, we've definitely got to have somebody sitting there in midfield. And I thought we did look wide open, or maybe not wide open, but we looked a lot more open than I'd like to see us from the moment, just before they got a goal back, probably that, that little spell of the game between the 2-1 and us going back to 3-1. You know, they, they seem to be coming into the game and, and they looked at that stage more likely that they'd get to 2-2 than we'd go to 3-1. But that uh, that goal on half-time was, was perfectly timed and I think that, that kind of knocked the stuffing out of them. But yeah, I, th I thought we were a little bit too open in that time and I'm not so sure I want to see us at Old Trafford or, hmm. or against Real Madrid like that. But I get the feeling that Pozzatino at the moment, if he picks no goalkeeper, he'll pick no goalkeeper and we'll still <laughs> go out and get a result. So it just seems to be the way at the moment. Yeah, well, so you are in confident mood, Jace, if we can play, Chase, if we can play like that. Very quickly, Jace. <laughs> in terms of the first goal, Harry Kane once again hitting the headlines for all the right reasons. A brilliant finish one-on-one. -on -one. We spoke about it before, Jace, that when he's in this clinical mood, you know he's going to score. But, all right, taking the, the Lovren error aside, again, Trippier forming part of, again, the main part of Tottenham's play. Another assist. And the fast start, Jace, we've been craving at Wembley. Yeah, we've seen Trippier, as well as providing good crosses, we've seen him dink little balls over the top before. I think there was one against Millwall last year when he set Son away with that type of pass. We saw that lovely little inside pass, didn't we, at Watford for, for Kane's goal rather than being a genuine cross. And Trippier's definitely got that ability and it was a it was a great spot and just a lovely little lob over the top for him. But there was still a hell of a lot of work to do. And, you know, when Mignolet first came charging out at Kane, you thought... You know, maybe that's the time to, to go over and, and get the penalty. But once he knew he could get to the ball, there's no way Kane's going to go over, is there? And it was a, was a really good finish because you know, he wasn't quite on balance and he, he was quite easily, you could have shinned that over the top of the bar. So um, it's, just, it's just pure Kane, wasn't it? They just the, focused on the goal and, and put it in the back of the net and off we go. Excellent. Yeah. And yeah. I, actually thought, I actually thought Kane, you know, I thought Kane had, for me, he had his best game. 
yet in a Spurs shirt. I know he scored more goals in games. He's got six hat-tricks. But I, I thought that's the first time, and, and he scored goals against all the, the big clubs, but that's the first time we've seen him really bully one of those top six sides, and, and they were petrified of him. I mean, he got the two against Arsenal in that first season, um, but I wouldn't say he bullied them that day. He scored the two goals and played well that day, don't get me wrong, but, but Sunday, he was bullying them, and he was all over the pitch, and his influence was everywhere, and I think that's, that's probably the best game I've seen him have for us. Yeah, no, he was tremendous. I mean, back to Trippier for a second. He's recorded more Premier League assists now, nine, than any other defender in 2017. Seven have been for Harry Kane. Their link-up has been brilliant. And another link-up that's been working so well. And back round to you there, Alan, is Hummin Son, Harry Kane on Sunday. I mean, quite frankly, they were tearing Liverpool apart. And then we saw the second goal come along, assisted by Kane for Son. How well has his attitude been for you, Alan? Because he's been on the bench for quite a few games, but no moaning, no grovelling, gets on with it and got his goal Sunday. If, if he had been moaning, he wouldn't be anywhere near the team. Pochettino just wouldn't, wouldn't have it. No. And, and I think some, I, I think modern players accept that if you're playing at a top club, you're not necessarily going to start every week. Now, I'm not saying that you can sustain that for years and years, although some players do. But Son knows the score now. He knows what the league is like and he knows what his manager is like. And he's, um, I think he's ready and, and willing to wait for his chance and then when it's around it he, he'll take it. Pochettino early on pushed him right up front. He wasn't lurking in midfield. It, it, this was really there to put some pressure on the defence. Kane lined up on was primarily on our right so he could have a go at Lovren who, who clearly and rightly they saw as we link um, and the movement between the two of them was a joy to behold and it completely confused the Liverpool defence yeah. I mean that that second goal you know you got to start at the back everybody criticising Hugo for his distribution well, this time he threw it. And I often think, well, why don't goalkeepers throw it more? Gomez was very good with, with a throw. These days, goalkeepers can chuck it 40 or 50 yards. And it's much more accurate than a kick. Um, and then, um, you know, Lovren was still groping for the ball when Kane was on the on the charge. I mean, Kane had been off and running two or three strides while Lovren was still considering whether to go for that ball. And what you, you could also see is... As Kane is, is, is running forward, the movement from the other Spurs players, this is a real feature of the club at the moment, that it's like a, um, when we get half a chance, somebody clicks a switch and they're all off. They're all moving. Ericsson was coming up in the rear. Son was just stretching the defence. Kane knew where he was. A sumptuous ball. And in less time than it, it, it takes to tell the tale, Son hit it first time, back of the net. That's my kind of goal. Yeah, and do you know what? Coming around to you, Jace, we were very unlucky to not get a third very quickly because, again, the, the link-up between Son and Kane, like we've said, it was absolutely deadly. But, Jace, we allow Liverpool back into the game. What did you make of, of the goal we conceded, Jace? Because is there a little bit of fault there from Hugo? We're going to come on to his saves shortly. Should he done better, Jace, on the um, on their, on their Liverpool goal? Well, the, the first thing for me was 
was we lose the ball on halfway, and I think Ted Kane had his best game. He was the one who lost the ball on halfway, but I didn't. I didn't think it was. It could have been a foul. It was was being pretty soft foul, and I, I think that's the type of thing that I don't think you can really stand there and argue and, and say, "Oh, it was a blatant foul it should have never been given." But the disappointing thing for me was that one ball from Jordan Henderson mm. took out six more or less six white shirts completely, and you know Salah was the only person really in our half. And yeah, he's the one he gets the ball. But then, you know, that's that just shows what express pace he's got because that's the type of ball that probably Yan or or Aurier would normally have been able to deal with. And, and Salah just turns in there, doesn't he? But yeah, I think Hugo. It's unusual for Hugo because he's he's usually so quick off his line, and we've seen him play the the sweeper keeper role, you know, fantastically well for what is it five or six years that he's been with us. But he kind of got caught on his heels, didn't he? And then seemed to go backwards rather than, than keep coming for the ball, but. You know, he more than made up for that a little bit later on. Yeah, just very quickly, Jace. I hope Nick says, was Laurie Shaw man the match in this game? No, not at all for me because he made that absolutely stupendous save, mm. and it it was an astonishing save. But for me, the, you know, he made he was he was partly culpable for their goal, and when he was making those big saves, as big as they were, the score was four one. So for me, the game set. You know, Kane's helped set the game. Ali set the game, and and. and the performances of Vertonghen and that have set the game by then. So as as valuable as it was, don't get me wrong, you know, he lets in one and who knows if they'd got back into the game. But the the, the main part of the game was already set up and, and Hugo didn't have to do much to set that game up to make it 4-1 to Tottenham. No, very true. Coming back round to you, Alan, Delhi Ali. Now this guy, he's had a tough season, let's be fair. But I have to say, Alan, and you'll probably agree with me that the kid, it's only his third full season in the Premier League and sometimes it's so easy to forget that. And you made a great point at the beginning of the show that he was playing much more of a disciplined role. So how proud were you of his performance on Sunday? Yeah, I, I think in, in other days I might have said that he was um, the man of the match for the responsibility that he took. Um, he's a young player and the fire in his belly makes him what he, what he is. Sometimes he's going to get burned and he's going to get scorched because he goes over the top, because that that temper, that flash goes off in his mind and he can't stop it. And we've suffered from that, you know, in particular when he got sent off the um, season before last against West Brom. Um, and he just got mugged into that. This showed that he can do a job and he can still be... Um, both disciplined and creative and I wonder if if he's thinking about the game now I wonder if that's the message that got through to him I wonder if he, he can say to himself look actually I didn't have to put myself about I didn't get involved in any funny business I wasn't going to let the Liverpool players wind me up I did a job and I had to curb a lot of my attacking instincts but look what happened. I had a fine game, made a massive contribution to, to the team effort and I scored a goal. Maybe this is the way to go. Well, it's funny you say that because I've had a couple of questions in, Alan, that we want to get your thoughts on. So, Lewis14, <coughs> Lou Dog says, with Delhi playing in a more defensive holding ro role, are we taking that bit of fight and tenacity out of his game, playing on the edge? Question mark. What do you think on that question? Well, that's not how Pochettino sees... A defensive midfielder. I mean, strictly speaking, we should call, I don't know, I'm not very good with, with, with some of the, the modern terms, but he's, he's, he's a, um, a deeper lying midfielder. <laughs> Pochettino sees 
that role. Yes, you, you've got to defend. And usually if we've got two men there, one of them tends to take up more forward positions than the other. But he also sees the defence as the start of the attack. That's why we've got ball playing centre-backs. That's why he can put both Delhi and Harry Winks next to each other in that role. So not only can they break an attack up, they can get the ball moving forward and can be just as creative. And if Harry hangs back, well, Delhi can get himself forward as he did to very good effect. You know, what Spurs do is if they're not counter-attacking quickly, sometimes they can do things in, in, in two or three movements. So they might choose to pass the ball forward or get it wide. And that allows the rest of the team to adjust and get themselves set for, for another set of moves, so to speak. And Ali needs to learn to have that understanding about when to hang back, when to move forward. Yeah, I hope that's going to come all in time. I mean, fingers crossed the kid is still so young. Jason, just a word on you from Deli Ali, because I know this season you've always been one to defend him, always say, look, the kid still very much learning the game. There's been so much speculation, though, Jace, but do you feel now Sunday's performance is like a real marker to say, look, maybe that's where his season starts for Tottenham? His performance had everything Sunday. We had him... We had him winning tackles. He made one tackle where he, he kind of went the wrong side of the Liverpool player, nicked the ball straight off his toe to make sure we retained possession. He won the ball for the third goal, drove past Can, drove forward running with the ball, wins the free kick. You then see him score the goal. You saw him have that fantastic slide rule pass for Son where Son had his toe poke. And you had you had the, the flicks and tricks that we've seen with a, an outrageous nutmeg on Can. On, on Chan and, and the fantastic back heel when he was down in his own corner flag. So you had every part of, of the midfield player. Yeah. And um, I said, I said, I think the Madrid game was actually a really good game for him to miss because it hurt him in Madrid. It hurt him that we could go somewhere like the Bernabeu, get a fantastic result. And he wasn't part of that. And you see his personality, don't you, on all his social media and you see it on the pitch and it would have hurt him a lot. And he's, I think that was a penny that said, right, you know, it's time to change gear and get my, my game back. I probably would still like to see him a little bit more further forward. I'm, I'm not so sure I want to see him box to box every game, but, you know, it will partly depend on, on our, our teams that play us. If, if they sit deep and park the bus, then you probably don't need him to be box for box. But he's, he's you know, I've said all season, hasn't I? He's, he's not been anywhere near his best form, but he had half made some contributions already and, and it's good to have him back. Yeah, always seems to get goals at vital time. Um, bringing it back around to you, Alan, then. So, half-time we go in, 3-1 up, and the perfect start to the second half. We come out firing. Harry Kane makes it 4-1, the coolest and calmest head in the six-yard box for Tottenham. Have you ever seen a guy, Alan, just so cold in front of... I mean, when I say cold, it's just that he just knows where the back of the net is all the time, and you don't. Even, he doesn't probably have to even look now. He closes his eyes, he's going to score. I mean, have you ever seen someone as clinical as what he is in a Tottenham shirt? Well, every time I, I come on your, your show, Ricky, you always remind me how old I am. <laughs> and um, I've, I've had the privilege of, of being on Dispersed in 67, watching them on the TV a little before then. Uh, you know, I've seen the master, Jimmy Greaves, and there is nobody who compares with him and nobody ever will. <clears throat> At times, came when he's charging forward, he's a bit like, like Chivers, who was a very athletic ball-playing centre-forward. 
Um, Gilzine was was very sharp in the box, and um, you know a couple of words for John Duncan, who, who was um, uh, admittedly when we were lower down the lower down the league. Um, who is um, a very underrated striker, one of the clumsiest looking players I've ever seen, whose record, I think, is nearly a goal every other game for Tottenham. But having said that, I mean, Kane has... Harry has has got a lot. I mean, he's got a sense in the box of where the goal is and where other players are. He can head the ball, he can control it, he uses both feet... He's got the movement out wide. He's got the intelligence that takes him into those positions. He's got an understanding of what everybody else is 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 doing. You know, he's up front and sometimes he's isolated, but the whole team beats to his rhythm and it's a, a remarkable influence. The fourth goal, he, you know, he, he was there on hand. He, it was a, a, a striker's goal. He, he was there right place, right time. I just wonder, having looked at it again a couple of times on the replay, he's not just banging that loose ball, is he? He's had a little look up and he's seen where the players are on the line and he's put it well away from them. He left nothing to chance and that's what he can do. He's got that split second where he can make a judgment about what else is going on uh, around him in, in the heat of the battle and in it went. What a, what a fabulous player. What a fabulous player. 45 goals in 40 games now for club and country in 2017 for Harry Kane. More than any other Premier League player. Scored more goals eight this season than any other player as well. A guy in formidable form and looks like he's going to be rested this evening. So that's going to be an interesting one. We're going to come on to West Ham shortly. But Jace, back to the game on Sunday. We've touched upon Hugo Lloris' save already. I'm going to ask you this question, Jace. I think you a couple of weeks ago said when we had the Madrid game, you still reckon the Bournemouth save was better. Jace, the save on Sunday to stop Coutinho making it 4-2. How high does that rank up amongst the saves he's made for Tottenham in his career so far? Well, he's made some some astonishing ones, hasn't he? That one in Leverkusen last yep. year. He made one in Monaco last year when a bloke hit a volley in close that he turned over the bar. I'm thinking of one fantastic save he made at West Brom when he tipped one over the bar, I think from Craig Dawson a couple of years ago. Um, one from Sigurdsson against Swansea that was hit so close at him. But, um, you know, I, I still kind of thought as, as magnificent as it was to keep the ball out of the net in Madrid, I still think Benzema pretty much headed it at the only place where Lloris could, you know, he didn't have to reach it. He kind of hit Lloris. Mm. Although, although he, he may well have lifted his leg just enough. But that Sunday was was Hugo, the, the agility to get there and he starts to go if you actually look at it he's going with his right hand realizes it's too high for that goes with the left instead gets gets right over the top of it a really big strong hand and um i think the angle you saw on the tv from behind coutinho where you saw the real bend of that on it i mean it's, it's suddenly this yellow figure comes from from completely off the screen doesn't it and you think jesus where's where's he come from and it was a it was one hell of a save and he certainly hasn't made a better one than that for us no marvelous save marvelous and jace very quickly falls on davinson sanchez now this bloke is still hard to believe he's also only 21 same as ali but he feels like jace he's played in this league for years what a record signing and jace you know this guy he comes in with that price tag some players feel it he hasn't. Are you surprised by just how well he's adapted to the Premier League and for Spurs in general? Well, I said last week, didn't I? I had my doubts when he came in. Not, 
not because I'd seen anything bad in him. I just wanted to see him tested against good players and good sides rather than than Swansea and Huddersfield. And in the last week, he's 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 answered all those doubts. It was a fantastic performance in Madrid, and he looks so comfortable and, and at home. But I think you know that whole unit works. He's lucky to be able to have Toby and and Jan either side of him because you know they can talk him through the game. They he hasn't got a worry that. You know, in the days of, say, Michael Dawson, when Ledley wasn't there, Michael Dawson and Cabal would be there and Kirikes, and nobody could trust the other person to do their job. So they were always thinking, am I going to have to cover for him? And Sanchez is in that role with, with Jan and Toby. He just has to concentrate on his game. He doesn't have to worry that Jan's going to get caught out of position or Toby's going to make a, a stupid tackle and not win the ball on the halfway line. He hasn't got a cover for either of those. He can just concentrate on his game. And uh, I think Pochettino said last week, because he came late in the window, they haven't been able to do the work on him that they wanted to do to, to, to really bring his, his talents to the surface. And I think, you know, once once they get a few free weeks, you'll see an even better Davison Sanchez. So, no, all my all my doubts have gone and, you know, I'm convinced now we've got a top player there. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you say that. Coming over to you, Alan, Jay there mentions about Pochettino not being able to work enough with him. God, I mean, how much more better can he get? Because he's, he's at the moment, he's putting up trees, isn't he, Alan, in terms of performances for Tottenham week on week? Yeah, he, he looks very promising. And I think it's... It, it's kind of sweet seeing him, the, the three Ajax players together at the back. And Sanchez is, is learning from Toby and Jan. They're looking after him. But, um, you know, I remember in um, one of his first games early on, he was the one that was doing the pointing <laughs> and the shouting. He was saying, you know, come on, you need to be here. You need to be there. And, and it felt immediately like he, he was going to be part of the defence. He wasn't going to be a shrinking, shrinking violet. He wasn't going to sit back. I, I think he's um, I think he's very strong in the back three in the box, bringing the ball out. I think a few times this season against Bournemouth and um, against Swansea, if he's coming out when uh, there isn't so much cover, he's got himself caught one-on-one. Uh, Tammy Abrams at, at, at Swansea, another young player, <clears throat> drew him in two or three times. He came in too close and Abrams could easily turn away from him. So that's something that he's got to develop. Yeah, and very quickly, another question coming this evening. I'm going to come round to you, Adam, stick with you for this one, actually. Uh, this is from GB at Gord Bev, who says, Has Jan Vertonghen found another level this year? He continues to outshine Toby out of Vierweld. Do you go along with that, Alan? What's your thoughts on that question very quickly? Um, I'm trying to think of a better centre-half this season in the Premier League. I can't think of one. Playing out of his skin. He's so confident. He's uh, just going to the ball uh, so confidently with such prowess and I mean it's hard to remember that just a few seasons ago he, he was easily he, he, he used to get himself caught square he was immobile when when a player was running at him uh, on Sunday nothing like that he was um, a couple of times Salah half got past him but out comes that left leg and the tackle's perfectly timed the ball's in touch for Tongan is away a master yeah, masterclass, isn't he, at the back there? Jace, coming over to you, another masterclass of a performance. And this guy is growing week upon week, and we're seeing it, and it's so great to see it. It's Harry Winks. Very unassuming performance, I thought, on Sunday. Again, many questions we could do on big games. Jace, Real Madrid, Liverpool back-to-back. -back. I mean, got to give the guy credit. What more can you ask this, of this young kid at the moment? He's uh, flourishing in the first team. Yeah, 
he's grown enormously over the past two weeks, um, or really over last week. You know, we've all known how good he is on the ball and how comfortable he is on the ball, and we see that every time he plays. For me, I wanted to see, you know, when people are talking about him as an England player, I think, right, it's now time to see, a bit like Sanchez, it's time to see him step up against the bigger teams, show he has the discipline, not just on the ball, but what's running behind him, what's his positional sense when the other teams have got the ball and they're, they're coming at him. And he's, he's answered every single question that's been asked of him in those Madrid and Liverpool games. And, and now you're going to Manchester United and we, 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 are, we are getting questions and things, you know, should Dembele come back in? And let's be, let's be fair, if we just said even three weeks ago, it's Manchester United away and it's Moussa Dembele or Harry Winks, we'd have all said, no, 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 you, you've got to play Moussa Dembele in a game like that. Now, if Harry Winks plays at Old Trafford and he plays against Real Madrid next week, you're not you're not in the least bit worried. You think, no, I'm sure he can handle it. He's got the discipline too. He's got the confidence too. And just just let the boy play. And um, another one that's answered a few doubts that, that I had about him. I wanted to say, you, I think you really said it with the word unassuming. Um, this is what we're seeing with, with several of the young players at, at Tottenham, that they are with no disrespect to them when they were in the younger age group they weren't the cream of the crop in the nation um they weren't picked players like edwards who, who everybody wanted and and everybody wanted to sign they, they were good and i think that that is to their benefit and to spurs ultimate benefit because they've had to work that extra little bit hard to get where they want to be and under Pochettino, and as I understand it, the coaching setup for the youth players at, at Tottenham is very good, very good on skills. They play the same way as um, the first team does. Um, they've they've taken their opportunity, and when you when you haven't got the absolute peak level of skill in any job in any profession, and you've got to work at it, what that gives you is the precious ability to understand what you're doing and if something goes wrong to pick it apart and put it right again whereas we've seen so many of the the so-called um real natural talents at Tottenham uh the, the child prodigies so to speak come in and then they fade away because actually you've got to do something different once you get into the first team it's not just your natural skill you've got to do all sorts of other things and I think that that um Winks uh Ali um, Mason, when he was here, uh, Kane, of course, and others have really benefited from that experience. Yeah, my certainly don't think you can disagree with anything you say there, and I think you're absolutely bang on the money. Just to finish up on Liverpool, we have to remember we've still got the likes of Davis, Wanyama, Dembele, Lamella, and a fully fit Danny Rose to come back into this Tottenham squad. So, if anyone questions depth at times, Jace, you've always been one to say our squad is strong when everybody is fit. Well, I've always said that, and um. You know, the worst nightmare for everyone is what happens when, when Harry Kane isn't there. And it shows the strength of our squad because Harry Kane's, the, the last 11 games Harry Kane's missed, we've won, eight, we've won eight and drawn three of them. So, you know, when you can recall stats like that, when your key players are missing, it just shows you how good your squad is. And, you know, I've, I got fed up listening last year to, oh, look at Chelsea's bench. Their bench had Fabregas, Costa and, and um, who was it on the day, Hazard. Yeah. They were on the bench for one game in that entire season. If you look at Chelsea's bench now, 
there's no Hazard, Costa and Fabregas on that bench anymore, is there? So, you know, people, I think, got a bit carried away in that semi-final. Oh, this is the bench we got to have. Yes, we want better options, but our squad's a lot more deep than people realise. Yeah, indeed it is. And it has to be said as well, that whatever Liverpool, it's our first for 10 games. So that really is another big hoodoo Fermi to rest. And with the Wembley, who do people say? Well, it's four of our last six games now at Wembley with one, keeping three clean sheets, unbeaten in six in the process. We broke the Premier League record on Sunday, 80,827 people. Guys, we're going to go for a very quick break. Then after, we're going to talk about Pochettino's book, some interesting comments that have come out this week. We're going to take extra questions and also look ahead to tonight's League Cup tie against West Ham. We'll be back after this very short break. Welcome to Loan Watch, a weekly update on our players out on loan. Starting in the USA this week, Anton Walks played the full game as Atlanta United drew 2-2 at home to Toronto to finish the regular season in fourth place. A fourth place finish means Atlanta qualified for the end of season playoffs where they will play Columbus Crew in the first round. In Australia, uh, Tom Glover played the full game as Central Coast Mariners lost 2-1 away to Perth Glory. Uh, Central Coast remained second bottom of the Australian League after three matches. In Turkey, Vincent Janssen played 72 minutes as Fenerbahce drew 0-0 away at rivals Galatasaray. Uh, Fenerbahce, for those who are interested, remained sixth in the Turkish Superliga. In the Skybet Championship, Josh Onoma played the full game as Aston Villa won 2-1 at home to Fulham. The win moved Villa up to fifth in the table. Staying in the championship, Cameron Carter-Vickers played the full game as Sheffield United won 2-1 at home to Reading. Sheffield United remained third in the championship table. And finally, Connor Ogilvy played the full game uh, as Gillingham lost 2-1 to Northampton. Connor also played earlier in the week as Gillingham drew 1-1 at promotion hopefuls Wigan. Uh, Gilligan currently remain second from bottom of the League One table and are still looking for a new manager. That's it for this week's Lone Watch. Speak to you again next week and come on you Spurs. Hello guys, welcome back to the last word on Spurs. Guys, first we have to say we're getting overwhelmed by the amount of questions that we're having in each and every week and we want to thank you all so much for getting involved with the show. You'll notice what we're trying to do now is we are trying to read your questions throughout the show just so we can try and cram in as many as possible. So we really do appreciate it. As always, Jason is always on hand to answer every single one of your questions and you will see that on our Twitter account and that will go live normally at the time of the podcast. So guys, once again, thank you so much for all of your questions. If you do like what you hear on the podcast, and we hope you do, we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes. You can do that very simply on there. Um, again, always appreciate the feedback on Twitter, guys. We can't thank you enough always for all of your really nice messages and positive feedback. So... Guys, in another busy week of the newspapers, Sunday, the Daily Mail had further extracts from Pochettino's new book. Now, coming over to you, Alan, just to start off, we had the truth story maybe about Kyle Walker, who simply said in February, my heart wasn't in it, Gaffer. I wanted to part. He ended up getting his move to Man City. We had the news about the Eric Dyer potential link to Manchester United, which it turned out Pochettino managed to refocus the player after Mourinho had some chats with him. Very quickly, Alan... Can you understand, at the timing of this book, the reason for it? What's your thoughts on it? Uh, to be honest, uh, I'm not keen on Spurs talking that much about what happens behind the scenes, whether it's um, talking to the press or um, 
as Danny Rose did, uh, or or in this case, writing a book. Never mind it being serialised in mm. the mail. Yeah. Um, having said that, um, I think in many quarters there's been a bit of an overreaction towards it. The club must have known what's in it. Um, they are very, very cautious about um, having about about what gets printed uh, under their name and what gets sold. Um, as I understand it, Dan Levy is is featured heavily in the book. I, I'm not his greatest fan, but I'll give him credit for um, the good things that he does. And one of them is he keeps his mouth shut. That's the sort of chairman that I want. I don't want them to be like the West Ham duo <laughs> who are, um, you know, the, the, their opinions are to a penny and they don't mean anything at all. Um, I mean, I saw they, they must know what was in this book. I saw um, a tweet from Ben Pierce, who's a journalist that, that covers Tottenham. Uh, he used to be on the Hammond High. I think he does ESPN now. Yeah. He, he's got no axe to grind. I've been no. reading him very for, well for respected. years. Very well respected. Yeah. And, and he, he simply said, look, the club know all about this book. They know what's in it and they're fine with it. And, and if we come back to the extracts about the players this week, uh, you know, Dyer, to me, that sounds like a good bit of management. That Dyer was, um, you know, maybe tempted by United. But the fact of the matter is, it seems to revolve around um, a, a, a post-match conversation mm. that he had with Mourinho in the tunnel. Well, Mourinho speaks to him, so he answers back. They all know each other. The players, the players all know each other. They, they, they often play yeah. with each other from, uh, you know, junior times. They're playing against each other um, from the juniors' youth team. Um, so, you know, as I understand it, Dyer was, was coached by one of Mourinho's sons. So, so he's going he's gonna to respond to it. And then suddenly this turns into an almost nailed-on, tapping-up scandal. Um, to me, Pochettino, if the extracts are, are, are to be believed, then Pochettino took him to one side, said to him as a young player, look, just consider what you're doing. I think you're going to be a great centre-half, but you're going to play defensive midfield. If, that, if that's what you want to do, we'll see how it goes. You're, you're a part of this club. And if I was a young player and a manager of Pochettino's status took four hours out of his time to speak to me, I'd be flattered and I'd know that I wanted. Yeah. With Walker, you know, Walker did what he did and Pochettino took his decision straight away. Right, you know, you, you did it at this stage of the season. What I'm going to do is um, replace you. You know, I don't care what's said in the press. I'm going to try and replace you as of now. Um, and again, that seems a, an eminently sensible response. I mean, you look at uh, Kuhlman, who sat yes, yesterday. Um, you, you know, he gets he gets 70, 80 million for, for Lukaku. And neglects to buy another centre forward. Yeah, well, that's poor. That's poor management. That Pochettino just wouldn't let that happen. No, he didn't let it happen. Jace, coming over to you very quickly. Just back to Poch. Listen, we've seen this season that, in terms of tactical wise, he really is. I mean, I think he's grown in terms of the Premier League, in terms of the Champions League. I mean, back to Liverpool very quickly. The tactical structure and the way he exploited an overconfident Liverpool 
well, in terms of their weaknesses. You have to say, Jace, that you know we're starting to see from Poch the different ways and how he can break teams down. And again, now we're in a case where he's beaten all the top six managers at least once. He's won all of the matches against the 24 teams he's faced in the Premier League. But Jace, let's be honest about it. He hasn't won a trophy yet. So can you understand at this point in time when we've got so many games, crucial games coming up, can you understand the book coming out at this very moment? Well, yeah, the book's near Christmas. That's how cynical I am about about books. I think, you know, it's a shame the Eric Dyer thing they, they chose to do in a week where we're playing Man United because the way that the um, it has been serialised, it looks like Pochettino didn't, didn't like the sight of Mourinho walking down the tunnel with his arm round uh, Eric Dyer's shoulder or Actually, I would have thought Eric Dyer probably had his arm around Mourinho's shoulder, knowing the size of them. But, um, you know, Mourinho's a type of person that will, will prey on that in the build-up all week. And you can bet your life that the the master stirrer that he is, he'll be standing outside our dressing room door, shaking hands with people as they come out of the dressing room oh, just, okay. to, just to try and get under Pochettino. He's, he is like that, isn't he? I think, you know, one thing that, that dawned on me from, that, from the Eric Dyer situation that day, I think probably Eric Dyer was probably at his not his lowest point, but if if I remember rightly, over the past couple of years, that's probably the only game he was he was genuinely left out of selection wise. Because if I remember rightly, Toby he'd been playing, hadn't he, in the back he'd he'd replaced Toby back in defence at that period. Toby was out. Toby came back at Man United and Victor Wanyama held his place in, in midfield. So it was the first time actually Eric Dyer genuinely got left out of the side. And, you know, that probably played on his mind a little bit. It was probably a little bit down that there was a big game against Manchester United, wasn't it? And, and he wasn't part of that game or wasn't part of the starting eleven in that game. So probably a little bit more vulnerable to, to Mourinho coming up and, and having a chat to him. So if Pochettino had picked him, I'm sure he'd have been in the dressing room, not not still out on the pitch doing the warm down at the end of the game. So, um but Mourinho will prey on that this week, that's for sure, and and it'll be that will dominate the headlines to the to Sunday's game or Saturday's game rather. Yeah, but Jason, your opinion, of the book is it just one of those things? The, the nature of it coming out, you're not too overly concerned in terms of what else is well, to come because we've only seen certain snippets. I think you made the point before when I've spoken to you off air about we actually haven't obviously seen the full book yet. No doubt we're going to go buy it. Are you concerned about what else is in there at all? No, not 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 overly concerned. You know, we know that papers serialise it. I think the only thing with the serialisation that you get in newspapers is do they serialise the whole section of a book or do they serialise every, you know, a section here and a section there of that particular chapter and so when you actually read the book you might get a totally different impression of that that whole scenario with Eric Dyer than the one the Sunday that the, 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 the Sunday Mail gave you but uh, the book comes out Thursday I'm sure every Spurs fan is interested to buy it and once I've sat there and read the whole thing, then I'd, then I'd you know I'd feel much better qualified to to give an opinion on it. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think we've done enough on the book. Let's take some more questions. Alan, question here from Jay, a regular listener to the show. Jay, I hope you're well. He says, since the start of the season, why have the press consistently written Spurs off? What don't they see that we do? Very good question, Alan. Diplomatically, what do you think on that one? Uh, I I think it's because the media don't see us as box office. Poch doesn't give them the I uh, think a, a lot the, of the it, lip service they want, basically, you reckon? Well, no, it's, 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 it's about it, the, the box, the, the attention. Um, 
the, the media like they like stories they like a narrative and um their narrative is it, it, it sells papers and especially gets viewers on sky which in passing because sky viewer viewership is is dropping as i understand it mm. is an absolutely key issue these days in the way that football in the premier league is presented um it's about the uh, the standout figures it, it's uh, the Mourinho, uh you know conte wenger's problems um oh. and and klopp mm. classic on sunday it's all about klopp's problems yeah. and the the problems with his defense it's not about how outstanding Tottenham are. Mm. Last, and some of this is a hangover from the Leicester win in the league, mm. when the Leicester fairy story uh, needed a villain. And that was the time that I felt angry, not because we didn't win the league. We were never going to win the league. We were never going to catch him. Mm. But because, because this fantastic young side that was playing football the way it should be played, that was doing things the right way. We were a club living within our means. We had a, a manager who was bringing young players forward, um, many of whom were English. You know, isn't that what the world of football want, wants? Um, <clears throat> apparently not. They wanted a villain um, and the stick, the stick that we got from all sides. And I think that to some extent um, that still persists, not as villains, but because we were not noticed as much as some of the other teams. That said, I think that this season we're getting a lot of attention from the right people about the quality of the football that we play. And Pochettino in particular, our individual players are getting a lot of kudos and well, they deserve it. Just on that, Rick, can I also say, I yeah, think part of the problem why we don't get the recognition mm. is because over, we haven't won a trophy and, and they will look at that and they will see that Arsenal have won a trophy, Manchester City have won a trophy, Man United have won them and Chelsea have won them in our time. And they'll also say, which they, I suppose in fairness, they, they have a right to say in the, in the 15 away games against the, the top six clubs under Pochettino, we've won one. And so until we do pick up a couple of big away wins in those games, and obviously we've got a fantastic chance to now, and we do win a trophy. I think those doubts in in some of the media's minds will be there. But but as Alan said, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen we've seen Keown, Dixon, Ian Wright, Thierry Henry. You know, real Arsenal people, and they've only ever got good things to say about us as a team. It's just the the the, the caveat that always gets put on the end about players being sold. And I have to say, I listened to a podcast yesterday, um, football writers podcast. And we even had one notion that where instead of doing the, the Harry Kane narrative, we had somebody saying that Maurizio Pochettino is a managed, uh, Manchester United manager in the making, that oh. in two years' time he'll go there and Brendan Rodgers will try, take over at Tottenham. And you, you think, where, I mean, where does that come from? Where do and, people see that foresight? You know, that's what you're crazy. up against. Mm, yeah. And so all I the think, good yeah. things, I think all the good things they say on a, on a podcast or a show before that, in your mind, you just think, well, they've totally now ruined it. And, and that's a problem with media coverage. Yeah. You know, we, we, we could be, be seeing a situation where Tottenham are rewriting the assumptions about the Premier League and about the way that the league is covered. We've got a team that are uh, not the best paid by any means. 
they're full of youngsters they're ambitious we've got an able ambitious manager who has inculcated a team ethos where everybody is playing for everybody else and these players want to be there and i think the premier league uh, media watchers cannot quite get to grips with that they, they cannot understand that harry kane is a well-paid young man who enjoys playing football at tottenham he's got a happy home life and actually you put all of those things together and that's fine by me thanks very much yeah. they can't seem to grasp it spurs are rewriting some of the assumptions about what it takes to be a top quality team yeah, it makes me laugh, you say about Kane there, because even at the Football Awards the night before this, he actually had a laugh and said, you know, people may say that I didn't win that Puskas Award because all I do is I score tappings. And it's great that he actually can take, um, I say, be honest, the piss out of himself a little bit, because, you know, it, it's great to see how down to earth he is as, as a person and as a player, because it does translate on the field that you see it in front of goal. The guy is just so clinical, as we discussed with Kane. Um, hopefully he's a, he's a Tottenham man for many, many years to come. Jase, a few final questions here. I want to finish up with you very quickly. Um, this is from John Manners, who's on the show Thursday night. John, I hope you're well. We're having you on short, shortly. Uh, John says, Jase, you've seen a lot of Spurs managers over the years. How does Poch compare in terms of uniting an often fragmented fan base? Really good question. Jase, can you sum it up for us very quickly so we can just cram in a West Ham preview? Yeah, I think 90% of us are in favour or 95% of us are in favour of him. And I think in the the modern world we live in and social media and that, where it's not so easy to to mix with these, the, the, the players and the management. He's he's definitely, I think, got more people on board and, and I think we've most of us have bought into it. But we do know there's that tiny little percentage that if we lose tonight against West Ham and we lose uh, Old Trafford and we lose to Madrid, you know, I'm sure there'll be the the odd idiot out there that, that wants to see him sacked and will say he's taken us as far as we can. But no, he's, he's let's be fair, we're a lot more united than we ever were under Sherwood or AVP, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I think some might say, Jess, it might not be too hard to be, but no, I agree completely. Um, let's bring it round then to you, Alan. So a huge game tonight in the League Cup, West Ham's Cup final. We're talking about United a fan base. Let's hope that we'll still be united after this because it's a massive game, really. Alan, just very quickly, what's your priority in terms of competitions for you? Is this bottom of the scale? Do you want to see us go out there and put on a really good performance team lineup? Tell us what you think. I don't like the League Cup and I'll be utterly hypocritical if we get to the semis and finals and and win it because I'll, I'll be dumping with joy just like I was with uh, uh, in the game against Chelsea in 2008. If you're looking at taking an overview with football, um, I'd dump the League Cup. Mm. Uh, it just gets in the way. Having said that, it is um, if if we're going to win a trophy, and as Jason said, that's the the big issue right now. Um, this one is, in theory, easiest to win because there are fewer steps to the final. Um, slightly more difficult with the uh, the, the semi finals. Are they still two legs? Because that, that, that's a, yeah, that's, diff that's, that's yeah. a difficult <clears throat> holder to uh, hurdle to get over. Mm. But um, I mean, it comes down to, to Pochettino's view about how he's prioritising winning something. Um, as we know, the last couple of seasons he's not prioritised the cups at all. This season, um, he, he's made a fundamental change in his selection for the Champions League, which he's clearly prioritising. So it will be interesting to see how he goes um, tonight in the. 
in the the, the the League Cup, and and I think he will choose a relatively strong spine for this game. I think I think he'll choose one of Obi um, and Vertonghen to play alongside. Sanchez, it might be a game too much for Thorpe, or maybe he'll just say, look, I'm going to throw him in. Because West Ham are going to chuck a lot at us. Um, they've not been playing at all well, but they always raise themselves for this game. West Ham put in a lot of crosses, um, and that's the way they're playing at the moment. And especially if Carroll is playing, um, you know, something, something will crop up at some point. Um, we've got a lot more flexibility, so even if he um, plays players who've not had a lot of game time, we can come up with a relatively strong team. He's right to rest Kane, uh, who looked very tired at the end of the Liverpool game. But, you know, let's get Lorente in. You know, Lorente needs some goals. He, we talk about Sanchez not being fit, not having a proper pre-season. Well, neither did Lorente. So let's get him. And after all, you know, Lorente's main contribution to our season so far was starting a fight towards the end of the game against West Ham, <laughs> which which slowed their revival down. So, you know, it, it, that, that that's almost an assist, according to Opta. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, Jace, going to bring it round to you. West Ham's form at the moment, I mean, it's fair to say it's patchy. It's one win in their last four. They were beaten at home by Brighton last weekend to heap massive pressure on Slavin Bilic. In his press conference yesterday when he asked what would a win mean to him, well, he said a couple of days break away from you lot. So he's clearly under a lot of pressure, Jace. I mean, how do you see this game going? In terms of the team lineup for us, what would you do if you were Pochettino? Well, it's an interesting conundrum, isn't it? Because... Everybody tells us, and and you know probably eighty five percent of our fan base say we must win a trophy this season, and so you think fair enough. In which case you should pick your strongest side. Mm. But you know I'd leave Kane out. I'd leave Ericsson out. And most of the people that that's, that understand you you Dale do have squad rotation in football. Most people will say yep give give Kane a break. And yet that totally goes against. Hold on, this is this is a must win trophy. And this is the trophy game of the week, and um, and, and so it, it's just interesting to see that how how people have the view on that. But we don't know what side West Ham will have. I think Billich is under pressure. The rumours are he's got two games to save his to save his job. I actually think that they probably mean he's got one game to save his job, <laughs> and that our game was actually the one in between that game for him. They've got a massive game at Palace. And I think they—they—that's the game that I, I think if they win at Tottenham but lose at Palace, his job's gone. I think if they lose at Tottenham and beat Palace, he keeps his job. And and that's what I mean for me. Their their focus, I think, as a bolt, is very firmly on that Palace game. And um, so it will be interesting to see if he risks one or two players or thinks, okay, I need to I need to keep a few back. So I don't know what type of team we'll pick. All I know is at the moment under Pochettino, I don't really worry now about the team. I think. I wouldn't be surprised if Foyth comes in. I think you can play Trippier. I think we'll see Rose back. Is Dembele fit? Apparently, he is. He may be fit. And I think with Dembele, we're getting to the stage where he breaks down in training yeah. more so than he does on the pitch. So I think it's it's a case now of Dembele that you say to him on the morning of a game, look, are you fit? And if he says I'm fit, you can't afford to think, well, I'll keep him back for Man United because he could break down in training tomorrow. So if he says to me he's fit, I think, right, OK, I'll play him and I'll keep Winks back for, for the Man United game. So I think we'll have a, a strong side. 
I, I don't see too many. I don't see Carl Walker Peters getting a game and Oakley Booths and things like that. I think we'll still have what I call eleven genuine first team players out there, albeit probably not Kane and, and probably not Ericsson and and Vatonga might be the other one that's that's given the evening off. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Alan, bring it back around to you very quickly. I've got a question here from Jay Myers, who says, will Danny Rose find his way back into the first team? Now, it looks like he's going to start his first game tonight in nine months. So it's been a long time since he's been out. It's fair to say he got quite a, um, a friendly reception when he came on against Real Madrid. Alan, do you think there's a second coming for him in a Tottenham shirt? What's your thoughts on that? As far as I was concerned, he never went away. Um... I'm, st I'm still hacked off with him for what he said about the club and about, especially about the fans, because the fans have been very good to him. Mm. Um, I think there was an incident when he um, did one of his cock-ups. He, he, he had a series of games where he made a few cock-ups and one of them was against the Arsenal um, and the Emirates and he got caught on the halfway line. Arsenal scored and, and I think his mum was in the crowd and um, she heard um, some, some bad words. Um, so I don't blame him for being a bit hacked off, but actually the, the crowd have been very good to him. They've been extremely warm. Um, and I don't understand this revisionism. He, he, he was an absolutely stunning player for at least a year. Mm. Uh, and it, 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 to see him on the left was thrilling in defence and in attack. It gave us so many options. He was so clever. He could go outside. He could come inside. Um, <clears throat> he meant that we could uh, load a lot of players forward. And yet he was so quick that he and Walker could recover so we could keep our defensive shape fundamental to what Pochettino wants to achieve. Um, I think he'll have a, a battle, if only because players like Davis have up their game. You know, yeah, is, yeah. Um, and, you know, if Aurea can, can do a job on on the left, you know, we might see Rose a bit in, in midfield. He, 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 Pochettino brought Rose on uh, at the end of Madrid to do a bit of uh, left midfield stuff, didn't he? To, to actually cover the full back. Uh, so um, he's certainly got the game for that. Yeah, I agree. Jace, very quickly, I mean, listen, Danny Rose for me, if he comes back and plays the way he did last, uh, the year before last, when he was, like Alan said there, one of the best players in the Tottenham shirt, then do you know what? I'm all for forgiveness. Football, it's such a short, <laughs> such a short life for these players. You know, one minute they're in the team, one minute they're out of the team. It was a fabulous player back then. Jace, is there a forgiveness in you for him if we can find the form that made him that great player that Poch brought out of him? There's no forgiveness in, in it. I think it was a, an outrageous thing to do and I think it was a totally wrong thing to do. Mm. That said, I, I'm not going to be standing there booing the bloke and if he plays, I want him to play well. I think, first of all, he has to get properly match fit and I think that could take six six weeks to two months before he's genuinely match fit because you often find after a long layoff, players, when they come back, start picking up niggly little things, you know, calf strains and things like that. So, I think, you know, over the course of the next few months, it will still be difficult for him to get into a, a proper rhythm. I'll give him that time. But then once he's once I think he's genuinely match fit, I want to see a fully committed Danny Rose to the cause. And if we get that, then whilst I'll never forgive the remarks, I won't, you know, I won't be shouting and screaming at him all the time. But it, there's still a lot of convincing for me to do. And I think if we suddenly suffer a couple of defeats, 
and we look like we're not in a title race. Even more so, I want to see a fully committed Danny Rose rather than one that thinks, well, they're not going to win the league and I still want to go in the summer, so I'll, I'll kind of coast through it. He has, to, he has a lot of proving wrong to do. And hopefully, fingers crossed, he does that. And if he does that, then, you know, fair play to the bloke. But I'm not sure I'm, re- I'm ready to forgive the remarks at all. OK, fair enough. I did find it quite ironic that after all of his talking, the game he comes on is Real Madrid away in the Santiago Bernabeu. You just think, God, you lucky you lucky sod. What an opportunity that is. You feel gutted for Ben Davis, you did, you after, really did, after everything yeah. he's done. Yeah. He, he gets... You know, he get the wrong lasagna or whatever, and yeah. <laughs> and and there you go, and you think he, he misses that game, yeah. the the big game, and it's it's a killer for him. Yeah, just shows how sometimes football is so unfair. And you know what, Eric Lamella, very quickly, Alan, can you work this one out? Because Pochettino in his press match conference yesterday said he's not going to be involved. He's back, he's back training with the group uh, by all means. He said that you know he can't put a time frame as to when he's going to return. Alan, are we ever going to see this guy on a Spurs shirt again? <laughs> Um, well, who knows? Who knows? Um, who knows? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a doctor. No. Um, and um, I mean, it is, there's all sorts of rumours um, yeah. about Lamella and the way that the club have dealt with his injury. Mm. We're not mm. going to know. No, of course not. What worries me about a lot of the, 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 the injuries for, for modern players, and this seems to be um, true also for um, Wanyama um, at at the moment, and and Dembele, is the uh, demands of the modern game as such that you're going to get a lot of wear and tear injuries. Now, Lamella's injuries is his, the, his hip and the back of his hip there, um, and that's going to take um, a, a long time to heal. And I hope he hasn't got uh, a weakness there. Pochettino is just going to bring him back very, very steadily, and it could be, even if he's back training now, you know, it could be two months before he's ready, mm. and that's fine. Wait till he's ready. Don't rush him back. Yeah, well, so then let's go and get some predictions for tonight. Then, uh, Adam, we'll stick with you. Let's get your prediction. Um, I think it's uh, two-one to Tottenham. Two-one to Tottenham. Okay, a nervy, nervy two-one win. Fingers crossed. Jace. Oh yeah. Can we get a prediction out of you? Tottenham. Tottenham are going through this tie without any problem at all. I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way, disrespectful way to West Ham. Mm. I think they're fragile. Like I say, Palace is their big one. And it might be difficult at some stage, but I think we'll get on top of it. And once we're on top of it, I think they'll um, they'll crumble a little bit. And I think Tottenham will, will go through. Just, just on Lamella, can yeah, I just say do, one do. thing about Eric mm. Lamella? I'm delighted he's not in the squad tomorrow. Oh, really? Because there is the, the conspiracy theorists... And uh, without going into it too much, we know what the what some people have suggested, yeah. and that wouldn't it be ironic if exactly one year to the day that he, he last played, he suddenly reappears in a Spurs shirt? Mm. Well, there you go. He hasn't reappeared one year and a day to that. So you know, nobody sits in there in, in a bed with a scar from their hip to their foot as part of a conspiracy theory. So I'm pleased that you know I am pleased Lamella's not playing tomorrow. Okay, fair enough, Alan. I have to say thank you so much for coming on tonight. It's been a real pleasure. Give us that plug of that book, Alan. We have to get you in now because it's uh, coming all to Christmas. Another book to potentially purchase Spurs related. Do you know, Ricky, I'm glad you mentioned the book and Christmas is coming. It is. A, a People's History of Tottenham Hotspur by Martin Cloak and Alan Fisher is indeed the perfect Christmas, a perfect Christmas present for every Spurs fan. It is the first ever full-length history 
of a British club's support and supporters that has ever been written. Yeah. And I'm very proud not only of the book, but of the fact that it could be written about Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur fans, loyal, proud, devoted, and that's what the book is about. There you go, heard it here first. And Adam, very quickly, where can we get the book? Uh, you can get it from all good bookshops, uh, Amazon, it's on Kindle, because many people don't seem to realise that this is actually a proper book that has been written uh, and by us and published by proper publishers. People keep asking me if I'm flogging it out the back of my car or something. <laughs> it, it, is, it is. People can't seem to believe that anybody could get something about uh, fans published, but it is a proper book published by Pitch Publishing, uh, available at all good bookshops and, ladies and gentlemen, the bad ones too. There you go. Please, guys, snap it up. Get that along with Pochettino's new book this Christmas. I'm sure it's going to make a fantastic present. Alan, thank you again so much for joining us. We're going to get you back on shortly in the near future. You've been brilliant. Always a pleasure. Thanks, oh, Ricky. Honestly, been a cracking show. Jace, thanks as always. And we're back, Jace, on Friday, aren't we? Going to be another big show in store. Only the small uh, game against Man United to come. Games, games are coming thick and fast, and it, it, it's so nice to be part of the big ones. And, and so Saturday will be a really big one. I, I expect a lot at Manchester United. So, you know, the week starting off well. I'm just looking at the fact that Norwich are one 0 up at the Emirates at half time. So, oh God! Hope, Come on! You know, I, I, fingers crossed that we'll get Norwich in the in the fifth round of the Carabao Cup or whatever it is as well, mate. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see, guys. Obviously, this podcast is going out tomorrow where that result may change, but fingers crossed it stays very much in that favour. And, guys, as always, as we roll into tonight's League Cup tie against West Ham United, come on, you Spurs! Still Kane. Harry Kane scores! There's a home goal for Harry Kane in the Premier League and his rich vein of scoring form continues. Son on the far side. 2-0. Absolutely devastating. Counter-attacking football by Tottenham Hotspur. There's a chance. The volley, the goal. Gallianni on the stroke of half-time. Mignolet oh. for Tongan. Cleared off the line. Surely Harry Kane 4-1. He's done it again. Sports Social Podcast Network.